Joining us now for a one-on-one -on -one interview, Dave's not here because it's too early and it's a Sunday. <laughs> you may have seen him on American Ninja Warrior. Once, twice, three times. As a lady. You may see him at your kid's elementary school teaching them how to be physically fit. Yeah, I'm there in the good way. It's a new friend of mine, I hope. Morgan, no, they call you Morgan the Moose or Morgan Moose? Just Morgan Moose. Morgan Moose yeah. right. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, just started off, uh, yeah, just Moose, not the... It's uh, started off a couple years ago, less, gosh, like seven, eight years ago. Uh, one of my friends, uh, she got stuck in Canada because she found a guy she wanted to spend extra time Aww. with. One of my army buddies. And uh, I want to get to that as well. Right? Yeah, she just showed up one day with a moose hat at a race. She was late mm -hmm. for one of those obstacle course races. I was sure. big on those in the time. And said, hey, I brought you a silly hat. And I was like, oh, cool. Let's take a look. It's a moose hat. All right. Nice. Well, I, I wear hats, silly hats when teaching. Sure. Uh, because... It's super interesting trying to get the attention, especially like five, six-year-olds. Mm -hmm. Put a silly hat on, though. They are staring at you. Yep. So I ended up running the race, uh, a fun lap after the elite wave, and wore the hat. Because a lot of times, you know, the, the, the top racers will come in, mm -hmm. they will race, take their check, and go home. Sure. And I like to hang out because the, the, the heart, the running for time, there's nothing fun about that. Your inner child is crying after the first half mile. Yeah. So I always stay and run a fun lap with people and hang out and... And that's what I did up wearing a moose hat, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, this is, you're that nice guy. You helped my friend, my mom, my sister mm -hmm. get through the course. So it just kind of stuck, and people started calling me moose. Nice. Yeah, I made it fun. Well, let's, before we get on to the um, American Ninja Warrior, I want to roll back a little bit. Um, I'm assuming fitness obviously was a big part of your Army career, but did fitness for you start before you enlisted into the military? It was always kind of hit or miss. Uh, some days I would get into it, other days I would really get into video games. Sure. You know, that's what you did when you're in your you know teens and twenties. Yeah, you're about my age, so you know we had the Super Nintendo, the Mario, the Mario Kart. Yeah, back when video games were hard. Yep. Back when you only had four buttons instead of nine. Right. No save feature. That was it. Yep. You did it or you died. Yep. Looking at you, Battle Toads. <laughs> Battle Toads. There's a throwback. How about Base Wars? Remember that? Oh one? my gosh. For those of you who don't who've never played Base Wars, think of an eight-bit baseball game, but you had floating robots. And so if you're a good enough picture, pitcher, you can blow the head off the batter, you can damage them. But basically, you had floating robots playing baseball. I, and, it, and it was a lot more interesting than regular baseball. No one loses their head in regular yeah. baseball. I, it would be a, it would make those 12, 13-inning games a whole hell of a lot oh more interesting. Oh, my God. Yeah, when, when you're playing a game, mm -hmm. and the perfect game yep. is no one hits the ball. Eh. Eh. Who are the diehards who keep the season scorebook. They not only have season tickets, but they show up and they write down every error, every hit. Every... It's like, and at the end of the season, you got what? A stack of books? That's that's what they do. I tease one of my buddies. He still has a baseball card. So mm -hmm. I'm like, you're 10, 11, you got portraits of your heroes. But I'm like, you're a grown man now with pictures of other men under your bed. Yep. Hmm. None of them are worth anything. These, no. aren't, these aren't the cards from the 50s. Once, once the 70s and 80s came, they produced so many of them yes. that very few of them are actually worth anything. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, comic comic books. You mm -hmm. used to collect them because you wanted to know how the story went. Yep. Now everyone just scans them up to the internet. Having the physical copy doesn't really matter anymore. Or you have to buy two of them, want them to keep pristine just Ooh. in case. In you, case. Heaven forbid you crack that cover and Ooh. get just the slightest little wrinkle. Oh, damn. Worthless. Yep. Worthless. Waste of $4. <laughs> so, what age did you enlist? 
Oh, goodness. Uh, I enlisted at age 17. Really? Right. Uh, yeah. You know what? And I had never actually thought about the military. And I was a grocery bagger at Publix. Nice. And, uh, you know, making make my $3.85 an hour. Uh, and I saw the, the announcement of the starting of the Gulf War. Mm-hmm. And I had never really thought about the military before. I never really thought much about the country. Uh, but I always watched the news with my father when sure. I got home. So, you know, that day I got home and or that evening, watched the news, and I saw the conscientious objectors who were like, you know, I joined the service, but whoa, whoa, I didn't plan on doing any fighting. Yeah, there was a war going on when I was here. This is uh, not what I signed up for. And and for some reason, I just felt ashamed. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw that, and I was like, how? You know, how? Yeah. And three days later, I was signed up in the little delayed entry program. The couple of days after I graduated high school, I was off to boot camp. Where'd you go? Uh, Fort Leonardwood, Missouri. Town population sixteen hundred. Training post was like forty to sixty thousand. Now, were you there processed during the summer or the winter time? Because there's a huge difference, I'm sure. It was that awkward time where we started off at the end of October. Nice. And so it was cool. super hot. No, it was super hot oh, okay. at first, but fu- but it was autumn. Uh, autumn was coming. Mm-hmm. First time I'd ever seen autumn as a Floridian. Yeah. And then we hit just as winter started. It's kind of hard to appreciate color of leaves changing when you're getting screamed at. And, and it was funny because uh, the drill sergeants had taken a really good uh, shine to me. Mm-hmm. I say that in air quotes. Uh, because uh, my middle name is Sunstar. My my parents <laughs> really enjoyed the 60s and 70s. Sure they did. So they're going through old Morgan. Morgan. Sunstar, where are you at, boy? We're going to be friends today. <laughs> and and I, I owned it. I never had yep. any... Uh, you know, I never felt teased or anything. I was like, yeah, that's a mess on the lane. Yes, my parents were, in fact, hippies. No, I am not part idiot. <laughs> and I remember at one point, I was just staring at the leaves, incredulous. And Joel Sargent yelling at me, oh, you never seen no damn leaves before? No, Joel Sargent. And he looked, kind of looked at me and he's like, fine, you got two minutes. Go. Go do what you do. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, through the leaves, rolling around. Don't leave angels. I, I was. I was amazing. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this is what the rest of the world gets to see. Yep, I grew up in Ohio and Kentucky, and so down here, well, before I moved to Florida, I lived in California. I lived in Long Beach for three years. All right. And then as I drove back across country, I was reminded, oh, yes, our country is green. It's not brown (laughs) and dirty. And then as you drive through the panhandle and you get lower and lower into the state of Florida, you're like, yep, there goes the green. It does. It sneaks up on you. It's like, so that was was boot camp, and then later on it's in uh, San Antonio, uh, Fort Sam Houston for uh, the advanced schooling. And I spent a lot of time being stationed with the infantry in Fort Hood, Texas. Okay. Where I, I made the uh, boxing team. I was the uh, the token 135-pounder. Nice. Uh, I did pretty well, though. I went 9-2 and two over like an eight-month span. Because for then, it was like three two-minute rounds sure. for amateur. So it was just like you were little machine guns. You are like, pop, 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 pop. No rest. And, now, and it was, was it fun. strictly interdivisional, or did you guys go? Did you go up against a couple of Navy guys every once in a while? Some Air Force guys, some Marines. Uh, you would think, but no. It was it was pretty much uh, civilians or other Army bases. Sure. You know, I, you know, I, which was kind of depressing. You see all the movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to be against the Marines or the Air Force. Which, by the way, surprisingly, the Air Force does tend to have uh, some of the best boxers. Yeah, we all think it'd be the you know the army and the marines, but those air force guys, I, I don't know, they show up and they're like, "Hey guys, how are you?" You know, just put down my my Xbox controller, and they would punch people in the face with a quickness. Think maybe they got something more to prove? You know, I don't I don't even think so because 
We, would, we all make fun of the Air Force because yep. by the time we get to our mid-20s or late-20s, it's because deep down we realize we made a terrible mistake and picked the wrong branch. Yeah. You're all paid the same. Mm-hmm. They literally do have, like when I was in Afghanistan, they had, I made it to the Air Force camp, they had real jelly and real milk. You don't realize how much you miss this. And then you're like, wait, wait, what is that? Wait, my, my milk at the time had a shelf life of 13 months. You <laughs> shake it really hard. <laughs> And it did not taste like milk. It tastes like chalk. Yeah. But it was milk in air quotes. So that's when you realize, oh. And they didn't care. They're like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, say what you want. I'll be in the chow hall. You know, I'll be in my much nicer gym. Because you realize they had all the supply shipments coming in mm-hmm. to their base. Yeah. And just like any time you're at wartime, the guys who are back in the rear with the gears, they get access to that stuff first. And the fellows out in the forward operating post, they get what's left. That is true. And, and uh, your guys' meals are uh, being heated through chemical compounds and uh, types of foil in the sun. And, and it would vary. It was very awkward deploying because they would say, hey, make sure you bring your bring your cooks, bring your general repairmen. We'd show up. They'd be like, okay, well, we're going to have those guys do tower duty. We've uh, purchased civilian contractors to do all your cooking and all your repairing. We're like, wait, then why did you tell us to, to, to bring these guys? Ah, no reason. You know, so... Yeah, it got kind of awkward. Yeah. You know, it's uh, very, very interesting. I, I am looking forward to that. I'm glad that we're drawing down. You know, Afghanistan, definitely a timeless country. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, the French couldn't do anything in the 70s. Russians left in the 80s. I'm not sure what we thought we were going to accomplish. Yeah. But. Well, it's kind of like the old joke. If you go back and watch Saturday Night Live with the new, the, the, the news of the weekend, trouble in the Middle East. And then that was, that was the punchline, and then they would move on. So it's been like that for the last 40 years. I mean, it's just like constant. 40. Four thousand years. Yeah, it's like how do you how do you think you're going to change the idealism of a group of people that's had the same problems since basically their existence? I mean, oh yeah, it's insane. You think you're just going to roll in here with our Starbucks, McDonald's, say this is the way to do it? Which I mean, that that works for Europe. Yeah, it's not going not going to work there. No. So I'm I'm glad a little bit drawback. I really think that uh, cyber warfare is warfare of the future anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. And all those guys with little predator drones. Mm Mm-hmm. Everyone, some guy sitting behind a computer. That's that's the future. As scary as that sounds, um, it's almost a good thing. I would rather lose a couple million dollars worth of drones than human beings. Than people. Than yeah. people. It's like the I think the day of a large land-based warfare is to an end. We, Up until the day where the large EMPs go off, then we may have to re- rethink. But yes, <laughs> that is true. And even then, it's still always going to be filled artillery. Yep. You know, people think of the the, the military, but World War One, World War Two, artillery. There's a reason they call it king of the battlefield. Mm-hmm. So, that's good times. So, you, um, how many years did you serve? Uh, 14. It was a mixture of active duty and National Guard. And you made it all the way up to first lieutenant? I did. I was uh, first lieutenant promotable, and I was in line for company command. I did very well in Afghanistan, uh, as far as the lieutenants go. Uh, I just got tired of seeing the wife and kids. Yeah. I, uh, I missed my daughter's birth with Afghanistan. And I love my wife. Let's let's go ahead and get this out here. I love my wife, Lisa. Wonderful woman. She has a challenge at taking birth control anytime I deploy. She's like, well, it's not like you're home. Mm-hmm. Which, I, you know, I guess that's good. You know, yep. think of that. I got home when uh, we had a... I don't remember the hurricanes in the... Was it Andrew, 2003 or so? Uh, 2003, 2004 was Charlie. Charlie, Charlie. Okay. That, I moved down here six months prior to that. And when my parents bought their house, when we came down here from California, there was... 
Don't worry, hurricanes haven't hit here since 1960. They always hook up and hit around Tampa. You'll be fine. Hi. And six months later, Charlie just lands on top of my father's house. Oh, yeah. Well, so I was I spent six weeks with the National Guard doing Charlie cleanup mm -hmm. and restoration. Uh, so, so I come back after six weeks. Baby, you in birth control? Absolutely. <laughs> now I have my beautiful daughter, Jocelyn. No. Okay, yeah. Uh, and that was, you know, I was, Lisa was seven months pregnant when I deployed. They literally faxed my orders to my school where I was doing report card. And it was on April 1st, too. Okay. Of course. So, of course, I'm not believing the office lady until she starts crying. You got to go, Morgan. Because she had been working in that school since I was a student there. Wow. So, I was like, oh. So, I go home. You know, nothing, nothing like driving home to tell your seven-month pregnant wife that you're going to be go. gone for 16 months. Yeah. So, you know. And so, you've seen this town change completely. Oh, it's been been crazy. I mean, in the last 20 years I've been here, it's it's changed substantially, but I can imagine. I mean, if you've lived your whole life here, yeah. or the majority of it, it's... I got to tell you, though, I really, you know, I love the area that we live in. I, you know, I do. It's, you have all these options of what you want to do. Fort Myers, great place to live. Mm -hmm. uh, Cape Coral, if I, you know, has really got its own groove going on now. I've got a little, you know, some unique restaurants, mm -hmm. some great it's, venues. It's getting there. You know, if I feel like being fancy and spending a little too much for a drink, I could drive down to Naples. Sure. Uh, you know, I just love the area because it brings so much diversity and growth. And I love the fact that you can get anywhere down here without having to take the interstate if you choose not to. Oh, absolutely. 41 is great, even on its crappiest days, because obviously growing up in Columbus and uh, out in Long Beach, anytime I go to Miami, Tampa, the first thing I think is I do not miss the interstate traffic. I do not miss driving on the interstate. Obviously, I do down here in the morning, but it's nice that you have the ability to get to other locations via alternative routes, especially during the crappy seasons. Oh, that was, yeah. I, like I'll, I'll do a lot of competitions in Florida for mm -hmm. either uh, obstacle course racing or uh, ninja competitions. Cause there's ninja groups and ninja gyms that have really sprung up lately. And well, I, I, don't want, I want to ask you about that as well. Sure. Uh, but so you, went, you ended your service time. Yes. And then, obviously, you went and got your education in teaching. Yes. And uh, how long have you been a uh, physical education teacher? Let's see. I've been teaching, I think I'm on my 15th year. It is funny. After a while, you stop counting. Mm -hmm. You're just like, well, I know it's 60. I need to look up and see where I'm at. Uh, I, I uh, taught life skills, special education for my first two years, and then a PE job opened up. Now, mind you, I love teaching life skills. Sure. However, it was like 60% paperwork, 40% teaching. Mm -hmm. So then when a uh, PE position opened up, I was like, hey, let's do that. I, I like kids. I like fitness. Because everyone thinks teaching PE is easy until you actually do it. Yeah. And you're sitting there with like anywhere from 70 to 90 kids just staring at you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And none of them want to get up and move. It's, it's, I have to be more interesting than YouTube and more entertaining than Instagram these days. So the, um, Giant parachute just doesn't do it anymore like it did when we were kids. <laughs> I mean, that was the greatest thing for all. Oh, it's parachute oh, it's day. Parachute oh, day. Damn. Cool. Woo. That's when that's when life just got real, right yep. there. Parachute day was the best. You know, there's always that one kid though that let's go. Yep. Damn it, Timmy. Mm -hmm. it, it is interesting, and I will say it's funny because uh, you know all this extra stuff that I do outside of school really helps motivate the kids. Especially now, they can go home and Google me. Mm -hmm. They're like, Coach, I saw you online. You don't own any shirts, do you? I'm like, well, yeah, but I, I live in Florida. I'm not, yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been pretty interesting. That's where all the whole silly hat thing started. Yeah. You know, it's like, what can I do to make PE fun for kids? Because mm -hmm. I'm a big believer that, 
you know, K through five, one day will they need to know, you know, okay, where are you at? You know? yeah. But I just want to instill that love of fitness. Sure. Well, I do. Um, I'm an amateur World War uh, World War Two historian, and I do uh, nice. reenactments. I go out to museums and all that. And a buddy of mine, he's in Miami, and he's a high school history teacher. And so to get his kids' attention, he'll come in in his full 82nd Airborne uniform from World War Two, or you know, his dress. His a, you know his a uniform, and one of the things he did to see if his kids are paying attention is he took photos because we have a friend who owns four Sherman tanks. Oh wow! He was in the Navy for thirty years, retired, and now he buys tanks. He actually has the Russian tank that was designed to look like a German tank from Save It Private Ryan, the one with the okay. sticky bomb. Yes, he owns that now. What? But anyhow, so we got we trained with these guys. You know, we're in full World War II uniforms. We're out marching twelve miles a day. And so we take pictures with these tanks, and so what he did is he made them black and white just to see if the kids are paying attention. And then he would get real World War II photos off Google and make a slideshow. Okay, which one of these are real? Which, and they couldn't pick out the ones he's even sitting in holding his rifle. Like, <laughs> and so, like you said, in order to get their attention, you've got to be more interesting than the phone or whatever. And so he does the same thing. Instead of silly hats, because obviously they're high school kids, he comes in yeah. with his World War II gear, his Revolutionary War gear, his Spanish-American War gear. And it really does help to get their attention. Oh, it does. And, and that's what we need these days. You know, it's it's funny. Uh, you know, people have their their opinions on whether teachers are paid too much or not paid enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think I'm doing pretty all right for mm-hmm. what I do. I don't think people realize the amount of effort we put in outside of the classroom. Yes. Like, I'm getting ready. I've actually been spent most of the summer busting my chops to develop a I mean, we're all used to when we were kids, we did the presidential fitness challenge. Mm-hmm. Then we had fitness grandma cast grandma. We had these mandatory fitness challenges. I, for elementary school kids, they don't – mandatory mandatory fitness testing, not as fun. Sure. You know, so I'm looking at ways, okay, what can I do that's an elective that will grab their attention and make them a part of it? Well, I'm using my little ninja attention mm-hmm. and – on September 7th, I'm launching in a few schools down here, and I'm hoping other Peach schools, elementary schools, take a, is I'm doing like a ninja fitness challenge, mm-hmm. where I have the same things that they would do, push-ups and pull-ups. I've added some other things, like if I have, I have monkey bars in my school, how many monkey bar passes, mm-hmm. a timed dad hang. Uh, but I've, time, I've set it up where it will mirror Ninja Warrior, mm-hmm. you know, if you get so many mid-city qualifiers, city finals, city, you know, nationals, I'm not going to call it Vegas, I'm going to call it the nationals. Uh, but then what I'm doing is I've also got where I've got the hosts, Matt Eisman, Akbar, whose last name I can never pronounce, mm-hmm. but he's such a nice guy. And some of the more popular ninjas, they've sent me videos. Nice. So I'm taking these kids into a, a room where I can put on a big smart board where they can see Matt Eisman welcoming them to the program. That's awesome. And to encourage them to want to do more. When they get to a certain level of collecting certain cards of what they've done, then they get to go back with me to another smart room uh, room in the smart board, see a popular ninja cheering them on. Because mm-hmm. I'm really big on that, finding that ways of electively inspiring children rather than saying, do that because I told you so. Yeah. You know, like even when I tell them, we run laps, we run laps because, mm-hmm. you know, you you have spent the, your, your spend time, you will, the more in shape you are, the more energy you have to do the things you want to do mm-hmm. before you become tired. And I don't, I tend to be a pretty positive person. Like, take Fortnite. I have all these parents, teachers, oh, Fortnite's terrible. Fortnite has made dancing cool again yep. for boys. Absolutely. So, like. Because Fortnite, for those of you who don't know, there's a button where the character, the avatar will do a dance. And I think about two years ago, Fortnite actually held a competition 
where they ask kids to, and uh, let's be honest, adults too, to submit a goofy dance, and the winner, they would incorporate that dance into the game, and some, like, 13-year-old kid won the contest, and so now his dance is in the game. Orange Justice. No. And, and the, even the better part about that, that I love about that, is the kid submitted it, and a couple of people started making fun of the kid, because his dance was awkward. He was a young But that was the point, too. And, well, the, not for the kid. The kid yeah. thought he was awesome. Sure. He thought he was great. And then his dance didn't get picked and uh, initially. Mm-hmm. And then the internet community, especially uh, Reddit message boards, mm-hmm. rallied around this kid and said, no, this, this, look, at, look at how much energy and effort he put into this. Yep. And he started the hashtag Orange Justice. Nice. And that's how his dance ended up. So, you know, I like that. You know, normally you see people getting made fun of the community and they're mm-hmm. like, no, this kid's awesome. And I'm going to loop it back around. You know, rather than fight a lot of these current trends, I find ways to work them into my program. Absolutely. You know, like Friday, Friday I put on that Drake's My Feelings, the clean version for you guys <laughs> listening, for, you know, the Kiki dance. Oh, jeez. Right. Yeah. But on the other hand, I had 40, 50 kids surrounding me were all doing the dance in unison. I know you know how to do the floss dance. I do. As a teacher, I you do. have to know how to do the floss dance. I am unbeaten at my school. Are you throwing down a challenge? Oh, man, listen. I'm just saying, between 5 and 11-year-olds, especially in the floss and dodgeball, I usually win. Yeah. Well, I understand the dodgeball. <laughs> so um, when did you get involved, or how did you get involved into the uh, Ninja Warrior aspect? Okay, well, let's see. I would say around age 35, 36, I'm 44 now. Mm-hmm. I, I had gotten out of the service. I started getting a little too much into video games. I was like, you know what? I'm getting that dad bod, so... Mm-hmm. I uh, told my wife, she was like, okay, I'm going to quit video games and start getting in shape. She's like, sure you are. But it worked out. Did you get to the point where your hands were getting sore from holding the control? Because I would play, I used to play Modern Warfare 2 for like eight hours a day. Uh, it does. Well, I was and a my PC hands gamer. cramp up. I was a PC gamer, so that was a little easier. A little mouse and keyboard action. A little carpal tunnel, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I started started running, started lifting weight. I got into uh, MMA mm-hmm. and obstacle course racing, which is like, we call mud runs. Yeah, I, I've been... I've been joking myself that I'm going to get into that. You should, because the thing is, if you're not running the competitive wave, then it's a lot of fun. Sure. Because you can just jog and trot. I have friends, that they'll start drinking on the start line, because the finish line doesn't move. Yeah. You'll, you'll get there eventually, and mm-hmm. you'll have a lot of fun doing it. Um, I will say for Florida, Savage Race is by far the best bang for the buck. Yeah, you and I share a uh, common um, person we know, Angie and Joe. Yep. I've been doing their uh, facility for since actually when we both started our businesses because I do computers that do physical therapy. I met them through a BNI network, nice. and when they opened their first two offices, I went over there and set up. And I've been basically managing their computers for years. And Joe and Angie has been trying to get me to uh, get involved into Spartan. the races. Yep, they love um, Spartan because kind of like you were saying, I I was that kid that was super skinny. Mm-hmm. I had a fast metabolism. At the age of 23, I was six foot five, 175 pounds. You can see every bone in me. Uh, you nice. can put your hand around my bicep like you do my wrist. And I finally started going to the gym because I'm, you know, I want to get some ladies. I'm out in California, you know. Right. I'm, got a Kentucky accent. I look like, you know, a heroin addict. <laughs> and so I hit the YMCA. And I remember the morning I woke up, my head on my bicep, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" Oh, look at the size of this. I'm like, "It's starting to work." But then I um, moved down here, and I got into the video games real heavily. Oh yeah. And fast forward eight years, I'm. 239 pounds, pushing 240. Oh, goodness. I'm uh, getting ready to shop for my first size 38 pant. Oh. And I end up in a hospital with two kidney stones. Dose. And the funny thing is, before the kidney stones, I was going to the gym, but I, my diet still sucked. I was still drinking 12 sodas a day. Ooh. I was still eating carbs out the wazoo. Yeah, sodas that get you. And 
The kidney stone was the most pain I've ever been through in my life. I had never vomited from pain before. I spent four mornings, every morning when your body's processing your liquids and your, your waste, that's when it hits you because that's when that kidney stone is like, imagine trying to pass a sand spur through your urethra. It's just killer. And so after I passed the first stone, I said, I never want to go through that again. Cold turkey, dropped all the sodas. Oh, good. Was on straight water. I uh, was going to the gym. I... Because with my computer work, and then I was doing Stan and Handy's radio show in the afternoon, I was driving 130 miles a day, and so oh, I was God. eating a lot of fast food. Yeah. But I got to the point where, okay, I'll go to Wendy's, I'll get a junior bacon cheeseburger, no mayonnaise, no bun. So, boom, now I got tomato, lettuce, cheese, bacon, and hamburger, and I'd be damned you can actually taste the hamburger because the bun would mute out the flavor. Yes. Now, it's still not the healthiest thing in the world, but it's better than eat, no french fries, just, just a hamburger, lettuce, cheese, bacon. And with the cutout of the soda and minimizing my carb intake and increasing my gym, I went from 239 down to 218, back into a size 33 pant. Nice. Then Hurricane Irma hit. Ooh. 16 days, no power, no water. Uh, two dogs, four cats, three birds, and family. Water, as you know, you couldn't find it anywhere. Nope. Gone. And so I had a five-gallon jerry can, plastic one. I would get up, drive across town to a friend's house who had city water. I'd fill it up, but we were using that to bathe and all that. Soda was plentiful. Mm -hmm. So I got back on the soda, but now I'm, I'm back off of it. But um, it's amazing how much it's – exercise is one thing, but as you know, it's the diet. You've got to get rid of the – you've got to minimize the calories, try to get the carbs down. But soda, and even, even if you're on the diet soda, it doesn't – soda is just a killer. Soda is the number one reason – People gain weight. Any any type of sugary drink. That I, is the number one reason. At my peak, I... That is not an opinion, by the way. That yeah. is a researchable fact. Um, yeah, and researchable fact, there is no difference. They have not been able to tell a difference from someone who drinks nothing but diet versus, diet versus regular soda. There's no, no real difference. Still triggers the insulin response. And, um, well, at my peak, I was drinking probably 12 sodas a day, Oof. two of the large white energy drinks, two... Oh five-hour energies, and, and I would crash hard. I'd, I'd, driving home from Stan Haney, I'd fall asleep at stoplights. But once I cut all that crap out, I have more energy now. Yeah, I drink black coffee, but, you know, it's just water, Gatorade, and sweet iced tea sometimes. Well, and, you know, black coffee, too. Coffee specifically, uh, for a source of caffeine, also is very high in antioxidants. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are like, oh, no, the caffeine. Nah. And all these people, oh, it's a diuretic. It is such a mild diuretic. Uh, Men's Health in 2004. 15 ran a research where they had people on just black coffee mm -hmm. for a couple weeks. Four carbs, by the way, people. Four carbs. And Called black coffee from Starbucks, four carbs. And they realized that there was minimal, minimal uh, difference, negligible, I should say, as far as it being a diuretic. You're mm -hmm. still getting significant liquids in. You know, you have an unsweet tea. Uh, yeah, you say, oh, it's a diuretic. It's not affecting you. But I will say the number one, number one thing you can do for your health that you'll find most people will not do is have good sleep habits. Yeah, my sleep habits suck. I average five and a half hours of sleep a night. Yep. And then I, I'll have clients for personal training, and they'll say, oh, well, I you know, I don't have time for that. And I don't have time really means it's not a priority. Because mm -hmm. we have time, it's just not a priority. But good sleep habits lets you make better. You're more rested. You will make better choices. You now have the energy to make yourself a meal instead of eating the drive-thru. You now have the energy to go to the gym instead of, ah, I'll do it tomorrow. So the order of importance is good sleep habits, um, reasonable nutrition, mm -hmm. and then fitness. I, I mean, I, I treat my body like a truck more than a, than a temple. Sure. You know, I put mostly good things in it, and it performs pretty well.
Well, and most people, on average, take about 20 minutes from the time they get up to the time they walk out the door if you're not a you know, female working on your hair and all that. So what you do is you get up, get a pot, fill it full of water, throw four eggs in there, turn it on, get ready. And as you're leaving, you have hard-boiled eggs ready to go. There you go. Doom. Done. Didn't have to multitask. It's even easier for me, actually. Uh, it's been the latest craze. Everyone's kind of realizing that keto, uh, everyone's on that keto diet, yeah. but they're realizing it's not sustainable. Sure. It's, it's not sustainable diet. Whereas I do intermittent fasting. All my meals take place from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. every day. I, I have an eight-hour window. All my calories come in. Works really well with teaching because I don't even get my lunch break till like 12.45. Mm-hmm. So then you know I go through about 15 minutes with the emails. It hits 1 p.m. Boom. I have my first meal. Usually it's got some uh, high in fat and protein. Uh, with intermittent fasting, you hit a mini ketosis phase every day anyway, so you're burning fat, and I can exercise you know, in a fasted state, doesn't bother me. Uh, and I found that is by far been the most effective way for me to burn body fat. Even if I'm on taking a, sometimes I'll take a couple weeks off from training, I'll still stay below 10% body yeah. fat, thanks to intermittent fasting, and making sure I have good sleep habits and reasonable nutrition. Sure. Um, we keep digressing from what everybody wants to hear about, which is the American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, you asked how I had yeah. uh, got started. Yep. Uh, well, I was doing all the obstacle course racing and the MMA at the time. And uh, uh, my daughter, of all things, both of my kids really into the show, love the show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, eh, like, oh, you gotta, gotta apply for the show. Yeah, you really gotta do the show. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, for my daughter's 10th birthday, I was like, you know, I, I'm pretty good on, you know, Talking with the kids, I'm upfront about things. You know, money in general. It's like, okay, it's your birthday. We're not gonna go too crazy. What would you like? Well, I really want you to apply for the show. Mm, okay then. So I looked it up. It's like a 10-page application process online, but then you also have to submit a three-minute-long video showing your personality and your athletic prowess. Sure. Because they want to balance. Because ultimately, while it is a athletic show. It's still a show. They need to know that you have a personality. Well, and that's what a lot of people don't realize when it comes to the reality quote-unquote shows and you'll see it a lot in Big Brother on, on CBS at the beginning of the season the guys kind of act like a, a weirdo or something just stupid because they come in and are pretty like okay you have to have a personality you need to come up with something you need a shtick almost and all these people they're not professional actors they've never been around this stuff and so when they first try it's a little far-fetched and goofy but as they their time on the show extends they settle more into the role and you can take them more seriously and, and kind of like um, back when American Ninja Warrior first started out, you'd see a lot of people. It almost reminded me of the old MX three thousand on uh, Comedy oh, Central, yeah. the, the uh, Chinese overdub and all that. Where you, you'd have some people coming out and dressing up all silly, but then more and more people start to take it more seriously, and they would hone their personalities, they, and their personalities and their athletic skill too. Because yeah. they, you know, a lot of people would show up being kind of goofy, and but then they would wipe out really right away and then, and then they realize I've been sitting here eight hours waiting to do this and I'm 30 seconds in and I'm done oh for the year done yeah. and and I I was not honestly expecting a call because Jocelyn she followed me around with her her cell phone mm-hmm. and filmed everything actually no no at that time she did not have a phone she followed me around with my phone and filmed my entire sequence was not expecting a call got the call uh, panicked ran over to uh, competed in Georgia that year and I ended up wiping out on the fourth obstacle, the basket spin. What I didn't realize at the time was how well received I was with the crowd. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no one knew me. Mm-hmm. I was uh, 
you know, a super cheerful bearded guy running around in a silly moose hat. Sure. Because I would often compete wearing the moose hat because I'm not that great of hearing to begin with. It lets me focus. doesn't bother me. And it would let me find my pictures. Uh, when you go to a, like those races that give you pictures, I would just be able to scan quickly until I saw somebody wearing a silly moose hat. Oh, there's me. Well, and let's be honest. You spent 14 years in the military where you always had a cover on your head. Yeah, You're used I to running, ducking, jumping, diving with a helmet on. Oh, so. yeah. So this was super easy. Well, uh, and I, I went on stage in for my first season at 3 a.m. in the morning. A lot of people don't realize they film at night all throughout the night. Mm-hmm. So 3 in the morning in teacher time was like being awake for two days straight. Sure. Uh, but the crowd, the crowd loved me. I was dancing around, just being me. And that's the thing is, like you said, a lot of people have a shtick. I was just being myself. Yeah. I'm always genuinely happy to be somewhere. Uh, I tend to be an optimist for almost everything in life. Um and it went really well. Yeah. Uh, Were I, you surprised about, over the amount of grip required for this obstacle course? Because when I watch this show, I'm like, eighty, like sixty percent of it seems to be grip. You have to have good grip, it would appear. At least I, I've never done it. I'm just as the guy on the outside. Because basically, I would watch the show when I was running on the treadmill at the gym because I find the show incredibly motivating. Yes. Um, yesterday, I was watching your season again. I was going back and watching it, and I watched like three episodes, and then I went out. For the first time, because I just got a heavy bag off my dad because he retired it. And I did it for the first time. I did 20 minutes straight on a heavy bag. Oh, that's brutal. And my hands are shaking. My hands even today are still have a shake to them. My arms are sore. My rotator cuffs. But it's but because I had been back to the previous conversation, the second kidney stone from last year finally dropped. And I've been dealing with it for the last two weeks. So my I try to go to the gym at least five days a week. And uh, I've only gone twice this week. And so I was watching American Ninja Warrior yesterday. I went out and did my heavy bag. And... Sweated my ass off out in the garage because nothing like uh, doing 20 minutes of uh, beating a bag in a hot, hot Florida garage. But it, it really it'll, helps. It'll do it for you. And but I just find the show incredibly motivating. It it does motivate you, uh, and it, I know season eight motivated me. So I was surprised when they called me back for season nine. I felt ready because you're right. There's a lot of grip, and mm-hmm. I I do a lot pull ups. T- I throw a towel over my pull up bar, and I grab the tips of the towel to do mm-hmm. my pull ups in to work on my grip. I, uh, I do grappling. Um, you know, I'm over there. I know we have a UFC fighter, Nico Price, in town. You know, I, I have been training with that guy for several years now. They just opened up Futures MMA yeah, off of uh, Pondella. I've been out there. Uh, the wrestling with the mm-hmm. E on helps with the grip. Sure. Uh, I do cl- rope, you know, rope climbs. You saw my Facebook page and on my YouTube. I mean, not my YouTube, but uh, Instagram. Instagram. You know, I have you know, ro- a lot of rope climbing. Uh, I do work with the grip. It paid off for season nine. I made it all the way to the Vegas finals. And that's it. Going to Vegas in your 40s, so much different than your 20s. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh my God, look at this buffet. I'm going to catch a show, some sightseeing. And oh my God, I've turned into my father. Mm-hmm. My brother lives in Vegas and he got married in the middle of August. Oh, geez. And decided they wanted the great wedding photo in front of the Bellagio Fountains. Why wouldn't they? And so here we are all standing out there in black tuxedos. Unbeknownst to us, the fountains were off schedule that day to do maintenance. Oh. And so we sat out in that sun for probably 30 minutes. Time they got the photo, we're all sweating. I mean, it's first off, why would you get married in Vegas in August? In August. The hottest day of the year. Why don't you try October? Maybe November. Oh, but, yeah. um, yeah, it's been it's completely different in your 40s. And I, let's see. And my daughter still films my videos, by the way. She still does all my little submission stuff. Uh, that's She's why we're manager almost. She she pretty much is. Uh, she'll especially when I, she knows I'm cutting weight for the show because we do cut weight, like mm-hmm. you said, for the grip. Uh, literally, the less I weigh, the easier it is to carry myself. That through. makes sense. 
You know, I, I try to stay at 160 pounds. I hit uh, 5% body fat by the time I stepped on stage this season for Miami. And that was a, my, oh, thank God. I tried to tell him, I was like, guys, if you let me compete in my own state, mm-hmm. this is going to go really well. And it did. There was a lot of a lot of moose heads oh, in the crowd. Oh, my gosh. We had, yeah, I had about 40 friends show up. And I got to tell you what, that's labor of love. Yeah. Because you wait around, like you said, you wait around for hours mm-hmm. uh, in the, the little waiting corral for, you know, maybe a five-minute run. Now, your family's not used to that. But once again, with your military career, you're used to the hurry up and wait. Oh, man. So much. You know, and once again, too, you know, it's like they have like the little ninja pit while the ninjas are warming up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's boring. I'm wandering through the crowd. You know, I'm high-fiving kids, signing yeah. autographs, you know, taking pictures. So then when I did stop, I was like the 40th or 41st ninja to get to go that night. What time was it? Was it another 3 o'clock It was o'clock too job? bad. It was like 1130. Okay. It was like they, they had really started cranking them through. Sure. Because we knew Miami, the weather could change any mm-hmm. minute. Uh, when I got on stage, I mean, the crowd went nuts. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because I, I don't – I'm on the other side of the fence where it's like, I don't want a sad story to define me. I mm-hmm. put in my last submission video, I'm like, hey, get, you know what? Some of us actually like the life we live. Mm-hmm. I don't have a, a, a pet hamster dying of cancer. Yeah. I don't, you know, uh, I don't have some tragic story. I'm, I'm really happy. Mm-hmm. And I said, and it's okay to showcase people who are happy. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not winning the lottery. I'm not going to, you know, quit teaching. And Oh, that's my other favorite. Everyone's like, oh, so you're going to quit teaching and go open a gym, right? And get a real job. I, I have a I have a real job. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've had investors approach me telling me to open up something in the area. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. You know, I like teaching. It's, I like the hours. I like what I do. Florida makes you uh, question all your life choices for the first month or so. Mm-hmm. It's so blazingly hot. Yeah. And kindergartners are literally squirrels that have learned how to wear pants. <laughs> I, fit, I have like two or three this year. They don't know their real name. Really? Like, they only know their nickname. You really? Know? And it'll be like some like, you know, you know what's, your, what's your name? JJ. Well, Okay, what what what's your real name? JJ. JJ. You know, and then you'll call. Okay, it says David. First off, how do you get da- JJ from David? But I'm not going to judge. Mm-hmm. Like David? Nope, JJ. <laughs> but the parents parent pickup line. They're only asking for David. They're not asking for JJ. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always it's always a building process. But now it's uh you know this whole ninja thing really seems like it's doing well. I'm spinning. You know, my, my last year's run got over a half million views. Yep. Uh, this. This year's run, I'm close to 100,000 already, and just two months in. Now I know you have a uh, something going on at noon. You got to get to. And yeah. It's 11:15 now. So let's talk about this year's run. Okay. So you made it through the qualifiers. Made it through the qualifier, and I was very happy about that. The, this course uh, this year uh, built for what I'm good at. I'm good. The, what what they don't really tell you on the show is the balance obstacle is always the wild card for every place you go. Yeah. Every ninja fears the balance obstacle. And this year it was the, basically there were probably, what, six inch wide boards that were vertical and you ran along the edges of them? Yep, and the boards, even more, they were four inches wide. They staggered, it was three of them in a row, and they staggered them. Yep. So you had to run along the the, the edges of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're not completely vertical. Like if, sometimes a camera shot, like the one in the middle will be angled off to the left by two degrees, just because when they reset the thing, it just kind of, it's on a pivot, so it just kind of, well, they Why do that on purpose. A, really? They do it on purpose. Without the ruler and a square. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they just go, they just nudge it. There's a guy with a stick. He goes, eh, that looks a good enough angle. So some of it's luck. you got to yeah. hope that, that that moment when he nudged it for your run, because there is no do-over. Yeah. It's like, and you got to hope the guy in front of you didn't leave a whole bunch of water all over the course when they splashed out, because you're running through that, and then your shoes are wet. That's very true. 
And you know, and I knew that it was in a high a high profile episode too. I mean, I have a huge crowd there. I have Jesse Graff, I have Drew Dreschel, I have a bunch of just really big names, JJ Woods. Well, and let's be honest, you're getting there too because now they're using you. They're making B roll of you. They're not, you know, they actually have you going somewhere, I'm assuming, in front of a green screen, you're doing some moves or whatever, because during the intro, during the episode intro, here's Morgan the Moose and you're doing your little moves, you're kinda of laughing, doing your thing. So obviously they took you off in front of a green screen. They don't do that for everybody. That is very true. You're kinda of making a name for yourself. And you may not be able to get into this sort of thing, but once that starts happening, do you they do you kind of get? Now I know TV doesn't have an actors guild, but do you kind of start getting into that actor category where they kind of start cutting a little bit of check for those little little intro stuff? And because now they're starting to use your personality to promote their show. You you would think, but uh, they they give you a high five. I think I got a high five. Nice. Like, yeah, they actually they don't pay. Ninja Warrior does not pay for any of your travel expenses. They don't pay for your hotel or anything. Well, I, well, I understand that, but I just figured once yeah. they start using you to promote their vehicle, nope, they, it's in the contract. Nope. Good luck. Now, a lot of t- a lot of times, like you know, Jessica, she's going to make a ton of residual money. Mm-hmm. Sponsorships, sponsorships, other thing. Kevin Bull, same thing. Yeah. Uh, using now that. there is there is prize money this year though. If you if you make it to the top, to the, of the if you make it to Vegas, wall. no, I mean if you just make it to the city qualifiers, sure. Uh, you get a certain amount of money. Nice. If you make it to Vegas, you get another little stipend of money. If you're in the top three each night, you get uh, some prize money. Um, so they, they have finally started. So and Because you have to bet on yourself. Yeah. I'm in Miami. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to bet on myself that I'm going to make it to the city finals. And I did that. Uh, I also, you know, I'm sell, I sell moose, shirt, uh, moose shirts, which I sold out of this year. You know, 400 shirts sold. That was very uh, blessed. I have was selling moose hats. I'm not trying to make a lot of money. Sure. You know, like I saw moose hats at ten bucks a pop. I yep. I pay six dollars for a moose hat. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, but it, and it adds up and it spreads your brand out there. And you are right. There it has been very uh, humbling the amount of attention I'm getting. What was it like the first uh, time you got asked for an autograph? That was so much fun. It was like this you know, little girl ran up with a shirt. She's like, Oh my god, moose. I'm like, Oh my god, you You know, because I don't a lot of people they want to go out and do greater things. I'm married, happily married. I have children. I have a job. I have a plug-in car. I've, I've turned into Ned Flanders from The Simpsons. Really? And all I do right now with my little 15 minutes of ninja fame is try to do extra for the community. Like sure. I, I'm, you know, going to be with the Deaf Center. Uh, say I'm deaf for a day. I'm going to be volunteering for the Make a Wish Foundation. I, uh, I run, I help run a scholarship called Golden Futures. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Lee County based scholarship. You can, you can find us on Facebook, Golden Futures uh, Scholarship, where we take a, a local public high school senior, we send them to FSW locally to become a teacher over the four year degree, full ride. And then they turn around and they teach in Lee County for a minimum of four years. Nice. And it's teachers making teachers. I, I worked a lot to raise money for that scholarship because I'm really big on teachers creating teachers. And like you know, when I'm launching this Ninja Fitness campaign on September 7th, it's it, I'm doing everything I want to do because I want to be able to love the life I live. Absolutely. And I'm 44. I I have no grand illusions that I'm going to quit teaching, go open up a ninja gym. I I'm almost to that point where life stops giving and starts taking mm-hmm. away. So I want to be able to do it gracefully. I think I can compete on the show till around my 50s. Sure. Because now, the, and you are right. It is. Seeing it on TV is one thing. When I got there and I'm in person, it is definitely 
harder. And like, I didn't realize this was that goddamn tall. <laughs> it, the float, take the very first obstacle, the floating yep. steps. Mm-hmm. When you get there on TV, you're like, how do they miss that? But when you get there, you see the nuances. First off, the steps are they're six feet apart, apart from each other. Yep. They're six feet away, and they go up a foot in height for each step, and the angle of the step becomes more severe with each step. So people are like, oh, why did you just run through there for time? Mm-mm. You have one shot. Mm-hmm. If I miss that jump, I my season ends just like that. Yep. And I I'm not gonna do that. That's why you see when you see somebody wipe out on that first obstacle, it does break your heart. Yep. Because you know everything they've sacrificed, and you wipe out on the first obstacle, you know your run's not gonna go on TV. Yep. But like you were saying, I I have been very humbled. Uh, you know, NBC Ninja Warrior, they gave me so much. Uh, exposure this season mm-hmm. it was it was very humbling I mean I was Instagram Twitter Facebook yep. YouTube multiple videos news press did a story on you CBS did a story on you oh M- yeah NBC yep. ran, ran a uh, whole national thing because uh there there uh, been a lot I don't pay allowance at home sure I only pay for fitness yep. I'm like nope I I kept you safe from bears mm-hmm. you know I feed you you can take out the trash you're gonna yep. be all right but paying for fitness. That's why, you know, my daughter, she's she's an athletic beast. Nice. You know, my son, he's he's getting up there. He's 10. He's just, I never thought I'd use this word to describe a child, but he's just pretty. Yeah. It's funny. It's like, I, I'll see girls following him around. So he has no idea. Yeah. He's like, oh, we're just friends, Dad. Okay. You rue the day when he does. Oh, my word. I, I'm not, I'm not, I gotta tell you. I think he's gonna be like, you know, 20 years old in college. Father, this, uh, this girl invited me up for coffee at 2 in the morning. <laughs> I was like, Miss, that's terrible for your circadian sleep rhythms. Yeah. <laughs> I gave her a fern handshake goodnight, made sure she was safe. She looked confused. I don't know why. You gave her a cliff bar and sent her on her way. Yeah. Meanwhile, my daughter, she'll be the one that has the coffee pot on at 2 in the morning. Yeah. You know, because she, she's solid. I mean, her rear naked choke is little little uh, hormonal 13-year-old's vicious. I nice. mean, she runs a 5.56 for the one mile. I mean, she's broken the six-minute barrier. Uh, she loves coming with me for grappling and striking Muay Thai, so... It's fun, but yeah, NBC loved that story. They took it and ran with it, and and they've, they've actually aired it twice now. So it's fun, you know. The, the, I'm getting the level of exposure for things I want to be exposed for, you know, children. Because normally, lately in Florida, when you're a school teacher, you don't want to be in the yeah. news. It's all about shootings. It's yeah, it's it's been been rough. It's been rough. It's either shootings or the. Um... Uh, curriculum, the testing. Yeah, or, or some female teacher who decided her 13-year-old or 14-year-old male student was, was super cute. Yep. Um, it's he's, so awkward. That's why that's husband material right there. Oh, he's only 12. Oh yeah, he's he's going to have a job in four years. So it's, you made it through the city qualifiers. Made it through the city qualifiers. Hit, hit that buzzer. Now, do they film that all in the same day, or are you there two days? Two days. They do all the qualifier runs, about 115 ninjas run on the first night. Mm-hmm. And the next night, the uh, top 35 are the city finals. And that's dun dun dun. Where I now, by the time you finish the city final, the city qualifier, they finish filming at about six thirty in the morning. And mm-hmm. if you know that you're in for the finals, you have to stay there and do all the final shots and uh, promo clips. Sure. So I didn't make it back to my hotel and in sh- showered, fed, and in bed till about nine a.m. Wow. So and then I was up by noon. Because I had to, you know, feed myself, get dressed, get back on set by three or four. You know, I try to take little cat naps. Mm-hmm. By then, you're not going to sleep. Yeah. You know, you're too excited. You're all like, ah. So I hit the stage at about eleven thirty or so, and I had watched the second obstacle, the cannonball drop, just demolish that is, ninjas. Yeah, I think it took out eight to ten guys. Yeah, I mean, it did. 
It was it was demolishing them. Well, and not only is that grip, not only are you holding onto a small ball, but they intentionally put like four inch drops in that bar. Yeah. And so as you're going down, clunk, clunk. And and it's and if you're not used to if literally if you're not used to getting hit or absorbing impact, mm -hmm. if you haven't wrestled or boxed or you know played football, you're not used to getting that level of impact. Uh, it definitely it threw more than a few ninjas that are better than me. It yeah. threw them off their game, and that's been one of my my big. Bonuses. I don't get nervous when I compete. I'm sure. excited. Yep. I mean, I'm not in Afghanistan. I'm no longer in a boxing ring or yep. MMA. No one's punching me in my face. I'm just happy. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing a moose hat, so it's deadening out the sound of somebody yelling at me. Hey, hey, hey! You know that. But you did lose it in qualifying. I did. It, it oh went, man! Went for a swim, the drink, off. and people were insane about the poor condition of your hat as it floated lonely oh, so in lonely. the pool. Getting bleached out from the chlorine. I left it some water, some ammunition. Told yep. it I'd be back. Gave it your forty-five. It did. It popped up against a tree. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but so when I made it though through the the first obstacle, which was those of arrow the arrows, which I'd seen take out somebody earlier for the balance. Mm -hmm. You just have to, a lot of times it's just about marriage. Got to commit. Now, when you first show up and you see what the obstacle is. Or there are parts you said, thank God they didn't incorporate this, that, you know, like for example, the one where you have like the inch of board and you're it's strictly grip as you're going. Are there certain obstacles you were happy that you saw were not part of this course this year? There are. I will say for me, I, I never mind any obstacle except the balance. The yep. balance obstacle is always the dangerous one. Mm -hmm. And there's some balance obstacles I know that, oh, nope, I'm probably going to die on that. Uh, I mean, we we all saw, you know, I apparently I created the hashtag Twinkleberries uh, last season <laughs> yep. on that floating log because I I knew that I was going to murder myself. Yeah, it was an eleven. For those of you who didn't see last season, it was an eleven foot log, about four feet or four inches wide. It was eleven feet long. You had to run four foot on the spin log to a red balance button, and then offset by about two feet, another eleven foot log to make it to the pad. And they are not affixed. They are on a a rod hooked to ball bearings, so they spin. They. Spin right round, baby. Right round. And I knew that I was going to eat hot death. So yeah. I very carefully said, well, can we touch the red button and just not the black part behind it or under it? And the guy goes, yeah, sure. Because you can ask questions. You're not allowed to look at anything and touch anything. But you can, or, I mean, you can look, but you can't touch and practice. And they have somebody demonstrate it for you. Mm -hmm. But the person that always demonstrates it is like some gazelle of a human being. Yeah. Oh, look, this is easy. So my entire plan that whole night was to literally two steps and fling my chest onto that button. I didn't expect to catch my twinkleberries on the log, but yeah. it is what it is. So when I saw the, the boards this time, I was like, okay, that's a doable balance obstacle for me. I, I had literally been working on my, my sprint explosive speed mm -hmm. for balance. But like you see the balance obstacles in uh, Vegas, or yeah. the Los Angeles one, what looked like tuning forks coming out of the water. Mm -hmm. Two ninjas got seriously injured. Uh, I know there was a broken ankle and a broken uh, femur. Yeah. Just because the the way the grid works is, is connected under the water. People people can and do get very hurt doing ninja. Yeah, because most of the padding is affixed to the object above the water. But like you said, these these objects are fastened to grid work that's welded to something that's attached to bolts and lags. And once you go into that water, it's... You can, st you, yeah, just put a foot in there. And the water's four foot. Yeah. 
uh, and which is uh, plenty of space for most falls. Mm -hmm. But if you have a grid work that's two feet under the water, now you only have two feet before your foot lands in something. Yeah. Now, I don't think we're going to see that obstacle back. And I understand, too, it's, it's a thankless job for the builders. They mm -hmm. you know, always have to fear, okay, is this too hard? Is this too easy? Sure. You know, like last year in Kansas City, we had zero finishers for the city finals course, and they don't want that. Yeah. They always want at least one person, two people to be able to finish the course. Yeah. So, you know, and the building team, they're they're just phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, you, you can tell them, you know, they, they probably all have an addiction to Legos. Mm -hmm. But Now, correct me if I'm wrong, this year the, um, I can't remember what they call it, where you had the bar and you're going up one side across the flat top and down the back. Yes. They said that was another submission by a kid who designed that in some sort of um, obstacle competition? Yeah, they, they have it every, uh, annually. If you go to anwnation.com, uh, they have a lot of lists and listings. The Slippery Slope, I think it was called. Uh, Something along I think Slippery lines. Slope was the one that I did backwards, the fifth one, but I don't remember. Okay. It was like bar. It wasn't bar hop. They kind of. I, I can't remember the name offhand, but let's let's call it Slippery Slope. Sure. Um, and that one is you had to move a bar, but you only had about three inches of bar on either side that overlapped. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people would get there, and then they would just miss the jump, or one side would be too far. They would fall in the water. That was a tough one. Yeah. Now I was excited to try it. But I ended up wiping out early on the rings, which I'd beaten the night before, because I, I was so excited to beat the cannonball yeah. that I tried to rush. Because I was like, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm going to Vegas again on somebody else's dime. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get another buffet at Arias. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. So overall, though, it was a phenomenal season. I mean, I'm still living the residual effects. You know, I still have people, you know, like, moose. Yep. You know, and Well, and you, you kind of mentioned a good point. You rushed through it. Even, even Jesse Graff stopped at that one. And you saw her, okay, doing her, okay, I'm going to do it. She was staging it out, and then she jumped and, and went through her routine. And so there's a lot to say about stopping, collecting your thought, especially that early on, that you're really not, at that stage, you're really not fighting time too much. No, you're not fighting time. You're not tired. Yep. You're still, you know, on adrenaline. Nothing. nothing I, I, yeah, I was still, I mean, you saw when I missed the first grab, I was able to hold on to that huge ring swing one-handed. I mean, sure. I saw enough grip strength that I... I felt I had it. And then rather than reset, I was like, oh, I'll get it the second time. Uh, and, and that's when, you know, you have those moments. You know, mm -hmm. like I watched J.J. Uh, Woods, one of the nicest competitors ever. Balance is his thing. Yep. And he wiped out the first night on the, the balancing doors. Yep. And that's what I said. Balance is always that wild card that sneaks up on you. Mm -hmm. you know, the balance obstacle took me out last year in Vegas. Yep. And so I was like, okay. So I, I do spend a fair amount of time. I'll be competing uh, September 1st up in Tampa. For the uh, Ninja Expo games, if they have this the Tampa Expo, they're gonna have like this huge CrossFit, Highlander games, but they also have the Ninja games going on. Nice. And I know it's gonna be a speed course, so like I'm at home just doing sprints over like you know a 20 foot distance, sure, you know, getting that explosive strength, or sprinting to a salmon ladder, grabbing my salmon ladder and then nailing two rungs instead of one, you know, from that jump. So you have a salmon ladder set up in your backyard? Oh, I have, my, my HOA is the friendliest HOA ever. They, I have built a huge rig in my backyard. Thank God you're not in a cave or code compliance would be crazy. Oh, I am on the niche. Yeah. I like, I can throw a rock and hit the cape. Yeah. And it is I'm, I'm kind of right there. I could throw a rock and hit the school you work at. That's how close I am. I mean, I'm almost in North Fort Myers, but I'm in, still in Cape proper. But yeah, I'm two blocks from your school. Oh, it and it, it yeah, it makes a huge mm -hmm. difference, massive because I because uh, you know HOAs are no joke. Yeah, but they're like, oh, you're that ninja guy. Yeah, go ahead. It's funny when we moved in, uh, like five months into living in our neighborhood, 
I was like, babe, this is a great place, man. Like, you know, everybody's nice. We don't have any crazy neighbors. Oh, honey. Honey, if, if you don't know who the crazy neighbor is, it's you, it's darling. You. Yep. Because I'm like, I, all my all my fitness takes place out of my garage. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I always, I'm, I never, I look like I never own a shirt. Mm-hmm. I'm always like 15 steps from death because I'm sweating. I'm doing, you know, weighted lunge. I put 140 pounds on my back and I'm doing lunges to, up and down the sidewalk. Hmm. I'm doing sprints out front. I have a tire drag. Nice. You know, so they're like, no, it's you, honey. That's why everyone's polite and waves at you. They assume you're that guy. Well, Morgan, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. Good I'm luck really in everything you do. Um, you know, if you want to come back on once you get your school fitness thing promoted going on. Real quick, I, I want to Hit mention me. that. Were you surprised at some point as your notoriety is building when you start getting the private messages about thank you for the motivation, the photos, the thing? Because what people don't realize is when you start posting photos of your workout and all that, you do, after a while, you will start getting those private messages from people saying, hey, I just want to let you know I see all your check-ins, I see all your photos, and it's great help motivate me to get to the gym. Was that, did you take a, was that surprising when that started happening for you? You know, I got to tell you, it really is. Uh, I, my number one fan uh, is middle-aged dads. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, and they're all, they're all super cool. They're like, hey, man, you know what? You motivated me. Uh, I got, I'm getting back to the gym. I'm playing more with my kid. You know, spending less time, you know, watching, uh, you know, sports on TV, watching less sure. television, you know, and, and it is, uh, Instagram is, uh, I'm Morgan the Moose on Instagram, and that's where I think my largest fan base is. I'm around 18,000, which nice. was funny. I went from like a thousand followers before Miami. I got like 300. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And I have so many kids, you know, especially like old students, mm-hmm. that'll message me, coach. And I love that. I really do try to message anybody. I chose to message it back. I've had a couple of weird messages, but overall, most yeah. you know, by far, resoundingly positive and normal. And I do get that, and I love that because I lo- that's the influence I want to have. Sure. You know, I'm not. Just, I'm not. I know I'm not going to get bags of money doing yeah. any of this, and I'm okay with that. I have. I live a comfortable life. Mm-hmm. I spend within my means. I'm happily married. I like my kids. Sometimes I even love them. Uh, it's like you know, it's a. It's fun, yep. but yeah, being that that little motivation, it motivates me to keep wanting to do what I do. Because I'm by no means on your level whatsoever, but as we talked earlier, I did have a substantial weight loss. Yeah. And one of the things I did for myself is anytime I went to the gym, I would just check in. I wouldn't post anything. I would just check in so that I can go back on my timeline and see how many times I was going to the gym. And um, I don't post pictures on Facebook because the Facebook audience is completely different than Instagram. Yeah. It's a completely different audience. They're way too serious. But I would start getting some messages on my Facebook just from just the check-ins. Hey, man, um, I've been seeing you going to the gym every day, twice a day sometimes. I just want to let you know um, I'm the same age as you. It really motivated me to get back to the gym. Um, kid I went to school with, he is ex- nice. extre- extremely obese. Um, he's fighting um, losing a leg. Oh, He has diabetes. And he posted, hey, you know, I... I uh, have changed my diet. And I'm down 43 pounds. Holy smokes! Now he's still still a large fella, but he's he's working on it. And 43 pounds is nothing to sneeze at. So, yes, 43. And pounds. so I just I commented on it. Hey, good job. Keep it up. And he replied back. You know, I'm not going to lie. Seeing your check-ins at the gym every day really helped motivate me. And that floors me. To think that oh, me just yeah. checking in. You know, not even, I'm not posting comments. A lot of times I'll post UG. Like I don't want to. UG. Here we go again. And it just. And then on my Instagram, I was posting before and after photos before I lost my weight, and I would start getting a lot of um, a lot of messages of you know thanks for the motivation. I'm like, well, I'm really not doing anything, but it just it and like you said, it motivates me. And I tell people, one of the things that Facebook 
in particular people love to do on the internet is call you on your BS. Yeah. And so by constantly posting on there, when you don't post, or when your coworker sees you going to the vending machine, oh, sure, now that's an extra two hours at the gym. And so that external, because people love to call you on your nonsense. Oh, they do. Oh, my and gosh. so now you know, okay, well, if I'm caught seen doing this or I'm not checking in, people are going to start calling, calling me on my own BS, and that also motivates you to keep you going. It, oh, and, you know, goodness forbid, you know, if uh, one of the secretaries at work or one of my you know colleagues, hey, we brought in donuts. Oh. Yeah, I'm, oh, I didn't think you ate that. I'm gonna eat it, and I'm I'm gonna eat it slowly now, and mm-hmm. make direct eye contact with you while I do. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, because a lot of times we do the fitness so that we can have those little treats every now and then. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, life's still life. I want to taste things like yep. donuts. You know, that but, was my big and one, it, and it makes a big deal. That's why it's funny you say that because all my stuff, I, all my stuff, I post on Facebook, social media, Twitter. All my stuff is posted globally. Yep, it's all open to the public. Because, you know, I'm a school teacher. I have nothing to hide. Yep. I, I, I wish I could say I'm out there doing all this. I mean, I'm doing super exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. But I do. it's fun. Yep. The day that it's not fun, I'll find something else to do. But I, it is fun motivating others. And and I'm, I love it. Yep. You know, I'm like, and I don't ever expect things from it, which is the nice part about it. You know, I'm, I'm happy with what people can do. And I'm not going to judge them what they're not doing. So, you know, I'm glad. I'm, and, and like you said, it starts off. People see this. Oh, I can never do that. So don't do not do that then. Do what you can do. Yep. You know, fine. You know, you made it. No one ever has a workout and then looks at himself and goes, well, that was a waste of time. Yep. And the other thing too, like when I'm driving down the street and I see someone who's extremely overweight out riding a bike or out running, I think, good for you. You're doing it. Oh, heck yeah. A lot of people laugh. I'm like, no, that person's doing it. That, it's funny you say and that. they're out that there was, doing yeah, it. Yeah, that and was the only time I got upset at the gym. Same with at the gym. I see them at the gym, and I, I want to give them a thumbs up, but I don't because I don't want to think, well, what's this creepy guy doing? But I just I love seeing it. It's like, you're doing it, man. That was, Yep, that was the only That's time the I almost step. lost you're it at the gym. It. I yelled at two uh, two younger gentlemen. They were they were, they were were trying to take pictures of a obese person oh. on one of the machines. And I, I was with one of my friends who was also he, – he's a, a bigger guy of size. And I was just like, absolutely not, young man. And it's funny because I've I noticed now you – know, I'll still train MMA uh, over at Futures. I, I, I'm 44. I'm only going to fight open a bag of chips at this point in my life. Yeah. But, you know, you still – every now and then you feel that heat. You know, and, and one of the guys looked at I was like, young man, this will not end the way you think it's going to end. Yep. This will end poorly for you. And when you call another person young man, mm-hmm. it changes their whole demeanor. Sorry. Nope. They just apologized. They put their phone away. They went back to it. And they ended up having a killer workout. It's like, I'm so aggressive right now. But, yeah, I'm with you. Hey, thanks for having me. Not a problem, man. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for everything, man. Hey, yeah, man. Enjoy yourself, sir. Morgan Moose Wright. You've seen him on American Ninja Warrior. You've seen him at your kid's school. In a good way. You'll see him at the gas station. I do. Throw him a nice what's up. Give him a glazed donut. Send him on his way. Oh, my God. Yes, please. Glazed. Bennett's. Actually, just any donut. I'm not picky. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you all later. Peace.